Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, nutritional therapy practitioner, here with you again this week and I'm glad to be back. So I know um, this podcast has been, I used to do every week, now I'm doing more like every other week. Um, thank you to those of you that are reaching out and asking for more episodes. I appreciate that and I really do appreciate that you get value from the podcast and want to hear it. So I'm excited about that. Um, a couple of things that I'm going, that I'm trying to work on. I kind of mentioned I mentioned it um, a week or two ago, and I'd hope to have it off the ground by now. But um, as my work schedule is just really, really busy, personal, um, you know, life is very busy. Um, I have not been able to get it off the ground. Um, I am completely full with one-on-one clients currently, um, but I have been wanting to do a group class online so that I could um, be able to help uh, and work with more people. Um, I think it'd be a great environment to do. I'm going to do it um, through like a Zoom classroom and be able to really kind of walk people through the um, kind of the keto lifestyle. I also would like to do one just based on nutrition in general. So maybe you just want more background on nutrition, not not specifically keto. Um, so working on those things. If you want to go to my website, it's www.jessicatai. That is T-Y-E dot com. Then you can go there, and I will post the information once it is available that you will be able to go on there and go ahead and get yourself signed up for those classes. I had hoped to start them in May, but I have a very busy May. As many of you with kids know, uh, this is we're wrapping up the school year in May, so that makes things a little bit crazy. And then at the end of the month, uh, end of May, I am uh, once again going to be a speaker and a panelist, um, uh, expert panelist on the low carb cruise that is coming up at the end of May, beginning of June. So I cannot wait for that. I absolutely love that. It is such a fun time. If you have not um, ever gone, I highly encourage you to do so. I am sure. Well, I'm not sure, but I'm hopeful that if you haven't been before and you would like to, if you um, go get information on that, you can probably still sign up to go. I'm not sure because we're about a month away, but um, you can just go to lowcarbcruise.com and get more information on that. It is run by Jimmy Moore, a friend of mine and just an overall great guy. He's um, a lot of fun, puts together a lot of really great people to be on this cruise and, and give you guys just some really amazing information. So, but I have that coming up at the end of the month. So I think I'm going to try to uh, work on scheduling a class starting in June um, so we can get like a a four to five week long class in and we will meet uh, once a week for a half an hour 
I believe half an hour to an hour once a week. And then if you're not able to actually attend the class live online, then we, they will all be recorded. So you will be able to go back and still do the class, uh, as long as you have signed up to do so. So we'll kind of see how that goes, but, uh, stay tuned for more information on that. I'm working on getting that together, um, and trying to, trying to help, uh, be able to see some more of you. I, I really hate turning people away. And I would just, I think this is the, probably the only way that I can do this unless they figure out a way to clone myself. And <laughs> since I'm not actually actively working on trying to do that, um, I think this will probably be the best way. All right. So for this episode, I was going to do kind of a short and sweet, um, episode on cholesterol. I have had, um, several clients coming to me, uh, lately where they are getting their cholesterol test done, kind of their standard lipid panel uh, at their doctor's office, which generally will just give you HDL, LDL, uh, triglycerides. And then sometimes you'll get a VLDL number, which is just actually a calculation um, that they derive from triglycerides and a little formulation that they use. So I've been getting um, some people, um, I don't know if this is like, if it's just coincidence or if this is the time of year that um, doctors are pushing to get those, I <clears throat> I don't really know what is going on, but I've had a lot of clients. Um, it's a, a lot, actually, <laughs> like a lot. It's been kind of shocking. Um, sending me messages and saying, hey, here's my numbers. Can you read this? Let me know what you think. So I thought, you know, if my clients are having questions on this, then I'm sure there's probably a bunch of you all out there that are also having similar questions and kind of wondering, um, what is going on with this and if what your numbers look like, if you know what they look like and if you should be concerned. I know a lot of times, excuse me, when we go keto, um, of course our first thought and the first thing that most people will warn you about is that you need to be very careful, um, about your, uh, cholesterol numbers, right? Like that's kind of the, one of the first things that we typically hear is, um, oh man, you know, your cholesterol is going to go through the roof and this is, you know, very dangerous. You better watch out. So maybe you've experienced some of that and are just you know, just would like to set the record straight and want to know exactly what you should say. So, um, I'm going to try and keep my thoughts concise, which if you are a listener of this podcast, you know that I have a tendency to ramble and I have so many things I want to get out. Um, let me tell you guys, it is a lot harder to do a podcast than you think. (laughs) So, um, I know there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks out there because I was one as well who would, um, you know, listen to podcasts and be like, Oh man, I wish they would just do it this way. Or I wish they, could just tell me the information this way, but it's hard because there's so much information that I want to share with you. And there's so much in my brain and getting it out in a concise manner that you guys can, can, you know, relate to and understand and be able to take notes on and make sense of is a lot harder said, you know, done than said. So it's a lot easier for, for someone to say, Oh, can't you just give me this information? But it is actually really hard to do. So I tried to um, write down some notes so I could try to stay in some type of order of how I want to, um, convey all this. Cause there's just so much to talk about. And I don't know if I actually said this or I was just thinking this before, but I am definitely not a cholesterol expert. So I just want to make sure I get that out there. I am not a cholesterol expert. 
Um, I understand enough to be dangerous and I'm really good at researching and, um, you know, I have had a, a bit of training and understanding of it and schooling of it through my nutritional education and background. Um, but I'm definitely not an expert. So there are, uh, great books out there that you can go and read. Um, I mentioned Cholesterol Clarity, Jimmy Moore. That is an excellent book, very easy, um, written in great layman's terms, super easy to understand and help you, you know, really be able to get a handle on this. The Great Cholesterol Myth is another really great book. Um, there are some great websites you can get information on. I'll try to link to some of that stuff in the show notes. Um, what you have to be careful on is you start Googling cholesterol and you are going to get the majority of the wrong information, um, not the good information. So that's kind of the, uh, the issue with that. Okay. So where to start? Um, okay. Let's just start by talking about kind of your standard lipid panel that you would get if you go to your doctor's office. So, um, you're probably going to see things on that panel. Like the first thing you'll see is total cholesterol. So that is all of the numbers together. Um, which would be like your HDL, your LDL, and your triglycerides, okay? So they're gonna give you all of those numbers together. And then you're gonna have your HDL, which is known as your good cholesterol, right? Um, So that is your high density lipoproteins. And then you're gonna have your LDL, which is your low density lipoproteins. And that's known as your bad cholesterol. Most of us um, kind of associate that. Um, You might uh, also see your triglyceride numbers on there, and you might see a number that says VLDL, which is very low density lipoproteins, and those are actually a precursor to the LDLs. So um, you're gonna see those those numbers on your panel, okay? So you can write all of these down. There are new ways, there are new panels, new tests that you can do out there that are much more informative than these kind of antiquated, um, just lipid panels. I mean, there's some decent information in there, but it is certainly not telling you the, the full picture. And that's, what's kind of unfortunate about them because you will go get that. And then your doctor, your doctor may just look at the total cholesterol and be like, Oh, your total cholesterol is high. We need to get that down. Um, or, you know, just tell you your cholesterol is high, you're at risk for a cardiovascular event. And that's scary. Um, but what you have to understand is what goes into those numbers. So LDL, for instance, you want to have that number low where HDL, you want to have that number high. So by looking at just your total cholesterol number, you can't really tell if your cholesterol is in a good place or not. Um, you also don't know how triglycerides factor into that. So you don't know if, uh, if that number is a good ratio, which triglycerides, you're actually looking at a ratio of those. So, um, you're not just looking at what your triglyceride number is. Um, you actually have to do a little bit of calculation on that. So just looking at those numbers randomly isn't going to give you a very clear picture. So now there are other tests that they can do. Oh, and let me, before I move on, let me also say that your LDL number is probably going to say your LDLC number. And that is because that C stands for calculation. So it's called a Friedwald, um, uh, calculation and that is how they actually arrive at that LDL number. So they can't actually say to you, this is the LDL particle count. They have to, um, they have to base that. There's a calculation that they have to take in order to even arrive at that number. So 
that's what the C stands for, and that's what that is. So within, um, okay, so that's your your that test. So then you can also do, there are new tests out there that you can do um, that you might wanna ask for, it would probably be worth asking for, that you can get a little bit better um, picture of what's going on, and it'll actually show you the different subtypes of LDL specifically. It'll show you, um, HDL subtypes as well, but the LDLs are what's really important because you have um, so you have several different ones that are in there. You have your large fluffy LDL particle types um, or your type one particles. You have the medium um, or the intermediate um, particles, which are, you have, those are type two and type three, and then you have your small dense LDL particle types. Um, that's your fourth type. So those are, um, you know, the VLDLs that we just talked about. So if you can get those kind of broken down and see like what your different particle sizes are and particle types, that will really help you know, because the large fluffy LDL are not nearly as dangerous or as worrisome as the smaller, denser, uh, particle sizes that, cause a lot more damage, a lot of oxidative damage. They um, can really wreak havoc um, and definitely set you up, uh, set up a picture for you of, of potentially a, card a much higher cardiovascular risk um, than just looking at an LDL number and saying, oh, wow, that LDL number is high and I should be worried about that. Um, there are also, I want to touch on a few little things. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I know that for the most part, you don't need all of this detail, but it, it for me, it's a little bit easier to, to start understanding because this is a very complicated, um, thing, uh, you know, the whole understanding cholesterol. I mean, obviously it's complicated because even medical doctors don't quite understand it. Um, and, and, and if you start asking them a lot of questions, they're not going to be able to explain it to you, most of them. And it is a very complicated, um, thing to talk about and, and to understand. So, um, there are five major lipoprotein classes. Okay. So if you hear these these things. And when we're talking about these things, these are five major lipoprotein cla classes. Okay. There's, um, chylomicrons, there's VLDLs, IDLs, which are the intermediate, um, particles. And then you have the, uh, LDLs and the HDLs. Okay. So that's the five. And each of those classes, of lipoproteins are made up of triglycerides, cholesterol, phospholipids, and apoproteins. So, um, so they're in there all, they all vary. It depends on what the class is as to how much of each of those things are in that class. Um, hopefully that makes sense at least a little bit. So just so we're kind of understanding or, or getting a little bit of a better picture, I think it's a little bit easier to understand. So, um, so the chylomicrons, we don't really talk about, and you don't really hear much about those. And what those are is that is when, so when we inject, when we eat food, when we have ingest dietary cholesterol, we absorb that through our intestines, through our intestinal walls. And that then gets packaged with triglycerides into these chylomicrons. Um, and that is so that we can, they can be used by our cell receptors. So 
Um, which this is actually kind of interesting, another little like side note, but maybe this will also help you understand. So our cells actually have receptors for cholesterol. Did you know that? <laughs> like, like we actually, we need cholesterol, right? And maybe you, maybe you know that maybe you've listened to me or you have listened to other things. I, you know, that where they talk about cholesterol and you're like, well, I heard that you need it. We actually do need it. And our body makes uh, most of the cholesterol that we need. Actually, um, our liver will produce it, but, um, but we, so our cells have cell receptors for these, um, for cholesterol particles. And they, many cells are kind of our, our big, uh, users of these and have all these, like our liver has cell receptors for them, but our adrenal glands, um, skeletal muscle cells, um, gonadal cells, uh, kidneys, um, lymphocytes. So, so our, our cells have these, uh, receptors to be able to bring this cholesterol on because we need it. So, um, and LDL is how it, uh, transports it. So another thing to understand is that these, these, um, these lipoproteins, they are the transporters. So you know that, uh, water and oil don't mix, right? So you can't, we can't just transport the, um, we can't just transport the cholesterol and <clears throat> the triglycerides and, and all of these components, these phospholipids and, and apoproteins. We can't just transport all of these without having them packaged in like these little transporters. So like these little cars or these little boats, um, that, that float along and they deliver They um, you know, there's little, if you were looking, if we're thinking about it as like a boat, it goes along our bloodstream and goes into these little, uh, docks, which are the cell receptors and goes into these little docks and drops off what it needs to drop off, um, from these, um, LDL particles. That's what they do. They deliver it. Then we have the HDL particles and the HDL particles are kind of like our cleanup crew. So that's why the HDL can be this higher number because we, you know, we're not afraid of like a high number of HDL because the more HDL we have, the more cleanup crew we have. They go out there and they basically reverse transport the cholesterol. So whatever isn't used or we didn't need, um, then the HDL takes that and transports that back to the liver where then hopefully it's able to be packaged and removed because we didn't need it. So that's kind of the ideal process. So hopefully that um, helps a little bit. So now back to uh, understanding the particle size and these tests. So I talked about the basic test and then you have these different tests that you can break down the particle size. So what brought this up this week for me and wanting to share this stuff with you is that when you are keto, you, like I said, you hear a lot of people like telling you, oh my gosh, this is terrible. You know, don't you know what that does to your heart? And everybody knows that meat and butter and eggs and all that is like high in cholesterol. And this is going to just wreck your health and your heart. And how can you eat like that? And so it's hard to not have that in the back of your mind and be thinking about that. And then especially if you go to your doctor and like a, several of my clients, I've been getting um, emails and messages from clients that are sending me test results and saying, oh my gosh, look at these numbers. Is this okay? My doctor said that my cholesterol levels are high and I'm a little bit nervous. So let me just um, start off by reading you, um, let me find it here, uh, one text that I got from a client that said, um, she says, 
Um, hey, hope you're having a nice day. Okay, let's get down to it. It says, um, she's lost some weight, which she feels really great about, and she hasn't done anything different. Um, she said, oh, I just had my blood work done at the doctor. Everything was really good except cholesterol, of course. It was high. I will give you my numbers so you can let me know if I should be concerned. Of course, I'm from old school of medicine and you are from the new school of medicine. So it's hard for me not to be concerned with the numbers. Just to give you a little background, this particular client was a nurse for years. Um, she has also dealt with some inflammatory um, autoimmune conditions that her CRP numbers which are your C-reactive protein, those are um, those numbers are indicative of the of the amount of inflammation going on in your body. And so you could have things going on that you don't even know are going on. So one of the things that I would definitely recommend if you are concerned with your risk from getting any of these lipid panels done and your doctor says, you know, um, your cholesterol is too high, you're at risk for a cardiovascular event, I would ask to have your CRP numbers run because that is your marker for inflammation and that is much more indicative of a potential um cardiovascular or a heart attack, anything like that type of event. Um, so this particular client I happen to know had very high CRP numbers and she has brought those numbers down by diet alone. The only thing she has done is keto. Um, she has brought those numbers down to almost like normal, good baseline numbers. And I'm, I'm telling you, she was, they were off the charts high, like they were above where the doctor tells you, you really need to be careful. I'm concerned you could have a heart attack. She was way beyond that. It was way beyond I'm concerned. It was like, it's imminent. So just, we're just waiting on it to happen. Um, that's scary. Um, okay. So she says, I'm complete. I'm not completely sure how the numbers should line up on keto. Okay. So here's what she says. Her triglycerides are 59. Her total cholesterol is 262, which that's where they're going to say, Oh, yikes. You know, 262, that's too high. Um, HDL was 91 and LDL was 159. So, um, okay. So going to kind of talk through some of these numbers a little bit. Okay. So, uh, for women, first of all, uh, the numbers can vary a little bit. Now this particular woman is a little bit older. She is in her sixties and that is important actually that she have a little bit higher levels of, um, that her cholesterol levels overall are a little bit higher. That's okay. Um, it's actually protective as you're a woman and especially your HDL numbers. You want those HDL numbers to really be up there. So, um, however, you're going to have these numbers that your doctor is going to, um, want to see, and they're going to be telling you that your cholesterol levels are high if they're above this. So your total cholesterol levels, they're going to tell you the normal range is pretty much anything under 200. Now, again, we just talked about this, like, I don't, you did, that's not a super accurate way to look at it because her HDL numbers, for instance, are at 91. That's a really great HDL number. So it's really hard to take that and, um, and a percentage of your, of your triglycerides and your LDL, and then be able to say whether or not that's a high number or not this total cholesterol, but normal less than 200 milligrams, 
they consider kind of, uh, we're going to watch it between 200 and 239. Um, and then high is anything over 240 milligrams. So this particular client has a total cholesterol number of 262. Okay. So keep that one in mind. Okay. So already the doctor is immediately going to say you have high cholesterol. Now, if we break it down and we look at her HDL numbers, so they say your HDL numbers optimally should be anything above 60 milligrams. And for a woman, um, I think, you know, average, if you're not a woman, they're probably going to tell you anything over 50, but anything over 60 for a woman. And as you age, I think you really need to shoot for that number to be higher. Um, and this is according to the American Heart Association, but, um, the higher the level, really the healthier it is. So for her to be at 91, that is excellent. Okay. And then we look at her LDL cholesterol. She says is 159. So that's definitely going to be flagged as high by any, um, really by any doctor. They're going to look at that and say that's too high. Um, in general, they want levels to be somewhere between, uh, really less than a hundred milligrams per deciliter. But even if you don't really have any health issues and you haven't had any risk factors in the past for heart disease, that type of thing, um, your levels, even if they creep up closer to 125, 130 milligrams per deciliter, they're probably going to be okay with that. Um, but when you have someone that has had health issues and that's where they're you know, that's going to be, they're definitely going to be flagging that as a higher, um, uh, you know, issue, like it shouldn't be that high. However, what we, I think the more, more important thing is what we were talking about before is what are the particle sizes of these LDLs? Are they the, all the big fluffy kind? Are they the small dense kind? Um, are they the intermediate size? Like what does this look at? Because if you have a, a level of 130 milligrams, um, per deciliter and they're all the large fluffy or the majority of them are the large fluffy, then you may be totally fine. Versus if you're looking at the same 130 milligrams and they're, um, and you, they're all the small dense or the majority of them are the small dense, then that could be a real serious problem. Um, you know, are they the pattern a large fluffy or pattern B small dense? Those are a big deal. Um, we also want to look at the VLDL numbers, which you're probably not <clears throat> typically going to get those numbers. Um, you, in these types of tests, you're, that's something that you probably will not see. So it's actually really good that you are that she got this, that she's able to see it because it's not routinely measured. So she did get her VL, VLDL numbers and her triglyceride numbers, which are great because those two are going to be, um, if those two are high, those are going to be more likely, uh, to point toward an increased, an increased risk for a heart disease. So taking a look at those numbers, she says her trigs are 59 and her VLDL cholesterol is 12. So those are important numbers to note. Let's talk about those. So if you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, wow, 59, that seems like a really low um, amount for triglycerides, um, I would say you are right. That is a great level for triglycerides. Um, and that's something that she should be really focusing on and her doctor should be really focusing on. So um, I'm actually looking at that like, did she really 
type that right? Are her tricks at 59 and she's still telling me she's worried about her cholesterol levels? So just to give you an idea, when you're kind of looking at the scale that they're gonna go by, um, your reference ranges, normal would be less than 150 milligrams per deciliter, mildly increased risk would be 150 to 499, moderately increased is 500 to 886, and very high is anything over 866 or 886. So she has 59. So 59 is like, that's awesome. Like she's doing great. Another really important thing to look at though, when you're looking at your, um, uh, these numbers and trying to figure out if that's good or not. Um, what's really good to look at is your triglyceride to HDL ratio. So ideal is actually a two to one ratio in your numbers. So if you had trigs at like, let's just say they were at nine, um, a hundred, let's just make it easy. And your HDL was at 50. That's great. Like you having a two to one ratio like that, you could inch it up a little bit and do like, you know, like a three to one, or maybe a five to three, something like that. Um, but when you have the ratio that she's got going on here, remember her HDL is at 91 and her trigs are at 59, not inversed. Like if her trigs were 91 and her HDL was 59, I would be like, okay, I mean, that's, that's borderline, that's borderline, but she's, that's her, her, triglycerides are at 59 and her HDL is at 91. And then we take a look at the VLDL cholesterol, which she did get on this test, and that is at 12. So that is also well within the range of what's considered to be healthy. So um, the, the VLDL again is called the very low density lipoproteins. So that um, those VLDLs actually contain the highest amount of triglycerides um, over any of those um, lipoprotein classes that we talked about when we started here. So um, remember I said that those classes are made up of the trigs, cholesterol, the phospholipid, lipids, the apple, the apoproteins. Those um, are all at different ratios depending on what class they are, whether it's the VLDL or the IDL, the LDL, the, all of those. So in the VLDL, that is the most concentrated um, triglyceride count. So um, it makes it considered a bad type of cholesterol because of that. Um, and those normal levels, the reference range is from two to 30 milligrams per deciliter. And she's at 12. So, it, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert in cholesterol, but if I'm looking at all of these things together as a whole picture and um, trying to weigh all of this as, as a whole picture, then I'm looking at this and thinking, this is a great cholesterol panel. I mean, she's doing really good. Yes, the cholesterol, total cholesterol is a little high, but so is her HDL, which is great, especially in the um, giving consideration to the fact that she has been and still is dealing with a very highly inflammatory um, uh, autoimmune condition. So seeing those cholesterol, those HDL cholesterol numbers high are really good. And again, the LDL, I don't even mind it that much because I'm not sure what the particle sizes are that make up that LDL number, but the other ones are so good. Her uh, trigs to HDL ratio are so is so good. And the VLDL cholesterol number is so low that I'm 
thinking that looks really good. Now, what if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I get it, but she's a little nervous about it. Her doctor's nervous about it. So what can I do if maybe I don't feel so good about it? So if you feel like, okay, I still want to investigate a little bit further, you can, um, like we talked about, getting a more accurate picture of it could be being able to do a more sophisticated blood test that's going to measure those various subtypes within that LDL and the HDL, which we talked about. And that is going to give you a better picture of if your cholesterol numbers really warrant any type of intervention, whether that be dietary or um, or medical intervention, which the doctor is more than likely going to want to prescribe a statin. And I haven't actually talked to my client about whether or not he has asked her to take a statin, but I would suspect that he has. Um, they have a standard of care that they have to follow. And if your numbers are X, then their job is to prescribe X. Um, and you don't have to take it. So just don't feel like you know you have to take this drug that they're telling you have to take. Um, you can ask for further investigation and you can try uh, to look at things from different perspectives. Um, so if you want to do those tests, some of the things you can ask for is you can ask for a lipoprotein particle profile test. This is developed by SpectraCell, um, is the lab that developed this and it is called an LPP test, a lipoprotein particle profile test. Or you could ask for an NMR lipo profile test that was developed by LabCorp. Or you could ask for a cardio IQ report, and that is offered through Quest Diagnostics. So um, your doctor is going to work with one or probably all of those labs. So figure out what works for you, maybe what works for your insurance, what fits your budget the best, and um, get one of those. If you are told your cholesterol is high, that is going to give you a much clearer picture and put your mind at ease. So then you're going to know, okay, I got that done and everything looks good. So real quick, I'm going to go over these. Now these rate ranges are actually provided by uh, Dr. Sinatra. If you don't know who he is, um, highly recommend that you go check him out. You can do so at drsinatra.com. He has all kinds of really awesome information that you can, um, that you can get free on his website. Um, lots of really cool, cool stuff, not just about cholesterol, but all kinds of stuff. He's been a cardiologist for like 30 years, um, or 40 years, I think now at this point, um, and is definitely not, does not believe that cholesterol is the bad guy and is evil. Like most cardiologists that you will talk to will tell you. (laughs) And, um, he's just got a lot of really great information, but his numbers, so grab a pen and paper and write these down so you have a little bit of a range, of a reference to go by again because I know I've been jumping all over the place. Total cholesterol, 180 to 240 milligrams per deciliter. So that's going to say 180 to 240 mg slash DL. HDL cholesterol level levels between 40 to 90, and all of these are milligrams per deciliter, okay? So HDL cholesterol, 40 to 90. Um, And that is going to be for women. Now for men, it can be a little bit lower, but women, we need a little bit higher range of of cholesterol. Um, We can handle a little more HDL and we can definitely use a little higher um, HDL. So LDL ranges 80 to 130, again, 80 to 130, and triglyceride levels between 50 to 100, okay? 50 to 100. So those are his recommendations for 
all of those numbers. So again, if I'm looking at my client against these, total cholesterol 262. Well, she's just right outside of that 240 range on there. Her HDL is at 91 and he's saying 40 to 90. You can go really high on HDL levels. So I'm going to give her a good big check mark for that one. LDL cholesterol levels uh, is 80 to 130. Her LDL is 159. She's a little over in the LDL, but again, what is causing that? What's the particle size? And trigs 50 to 100. She's only at 59. So again, I'm looking at that and thinking that is great. So um, hopefully that helps you guys and gives you a, a little bit of a picture on, on the cholesterol and what we need to um, do with that. And just to give you um, a, something to kind of counterbalance that. So when you're you know thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know. My doctor's got me worried about fats and stuff like that and about my heart and all these things. Well, one of the best things you can do for your heart is fat, believe it or not. Um, fat is your heart's number one preferred fuel source. It needs healthy fats. Um, and specifically it needs omega three fatty acids, which you may have heard about. Um, they are also referred to as essential fatty acids, EFAs. And the reason that they're referred to as EFAs is that our body cannot make them. So we have, um, omega threes and omega sixes that are essential fatty acids. Now, omega sixes kind of get a bad rap because they're known as the pro-inflammatory omegas, but we actually need those two. They are also essential fatty acids. So when it comes to the heart, <clears throat> omega-3s are king, of course. Um, they are just king for our hearts. We, they need, our heart needs them, um, essentially needs them. And so we need to make sure that we're getting enough omega-3s in. Um, in our country in general in the united states we have a um the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is way off we really want to be somewhere around a four to one or five to one omega-3 omega-6 to omega-3s and most people in this country because of the western diet are closer to like a 30 or 40 to one ratio that is way off um Unfortunately, omega-6s get a bad rep because um, they are pro-inflammatory and we do need that, but we've gone so far in the wrong direction with all the processed food and the fast food and all of that that gives us a very unnatural, unhealthy amount of omega-6 that people are, that when you kind of come to this world where you are concerned about your diet and lifestyle and you're really thinking about these things and trying to dial these things in, we have a tendency to run the opposite direction and be like, okay, I don't want any omega-6s. I got to stay away from that. You know, we're way upside down. But the problem is, is we still need them. They're still essential. And you actually need more of them than you do omega-3s. Um, it's just getting the right kind and getting them from, from good whole food sources or supplementing with a good quality omega-6 versus getting them through packaged foods and those types of things. So, um, you know, if you're keto or you're eating a nice balanced whole foods diet, you're probably not getting too much uh, omega-6s at all. Then you may actually not be getting enough. 
So let's talk about omega-3s really quick and where you can get those. So omega-3s are, um, like I said, super beneficial for the heart. Um, They're also, they support a healthy blood pressure. They're great for circulation. Um, They help with healthy triglyceride levels. They actually can help also boost your HDL levels, which are great. And I think super important for women. And if you have any kind of uh, inflammatory issue or autoimmune, excuse me, condition going on, um, omega-3s can be really, really beneficial in treating and even preventing um, certain things like heart attack. They've actually been um, uh, implicated in helping to treat and prevent heart attacks. They've also been shown in studies when when taken along with other drugs to help support women um, with breast cancer and curing, you know, putting breast cancer in remission. I shouldn't say cure, but, um, that there are studies where they have had much better outcomes when they are pairing that with omega-3 essential fatty acids. So, um, really, really important fatty acids. We need to get these. So where can you get them? Um, Let's take a look at a few lists. Um, so fish, we all know that, right? Um, fish is where you kind of hear about it. Everybody knows fish oil, um, krill oil. You think about those types of things. Some of my favorite ways to get them um, is salmon, super tasty, easy way to do it. You can get it through shrimp, oysters, sea bass, sardines, um, mackerel, um, anchovies, uh, great sources of omega-3s. Um, you can also get it through seaweed and algae. So that is actually the only plant version that you can get the DHA and EPA from. Uh, the other source of omega-3s is going to be your ALA, and you can get those through like uh, seeds and nuts and things like that, but then your body is actually going to convert that ALA into the DHA and the EPA because that is the usable forms for our body. Um, Then when you, and you can also get um, great levels of omega-3s through grass-fed beef is a really great way to get it. Um, And then through uh, like eggs, eggs are a great source of omega-3s. So these are not the only thing, only ways that you can get omega-3s, but just trying to help give you a good idea. And then um, omega-6s, let's touch on omega-6s really quick because they are essential. You do need to get them. It's just making sure you're getting the right kind and kind of staying away from from these inflammatory sources like packaged foods and, and all of those types of things, which is where most of us are getting um, these omega-6s when we're kind of eating the normal Western diet. So a um, couple of types of them that you maybe have heard of that I just want to touch on is omega-6 is a gam- is the gamma-linoleic acid. So that is found in oils like evening primrose oil and borage oil. So a lot of people have heard about the health benefits of evening primrose oil and borage oil, and especially for women, we definitely have heard of evening primrose. Um, and how great that can be. And there are actually studies showing that taking higher doses of GLA can help reduce like arthritis symptoms and inflammatory symptoms like that. So when we think 
omega-6 and we think, oh, that's a pro-inflammatory oil. I want to stay away from that. It's not necessarily true. So, and this is a perfect example is in the GLA being able to reduce those inflammatory symptoms of something like, uh, like arthritis. That's a pretty big deal. Um, also this is the study I was telling you about that, um, omega-6, um, or maybe I said it was omega-3. Sorry about that. I, but I must've gotten confused. My note says that omega-6, um, that actually GLA supplements in a study, um, when they were treating breast cancer, what women were being treated with a breast cancer drug, that that drug was more effective, um, when it was taken with GLA supplements than taken alone. So that's kind of a really big deal. Um, conjugated linoleic acid is CLA. That's another form of omega-6 that has some great health benefits. Um, and most of us have kind of heard of, of this. There are numerous studies showing this, but there was one very large study, um, a more long-term study that showed that taking about 3.2 grams of CLA supplements per day effectively reduced body fat mass in people. So, um, people definitely like that, right? Who doesn't like the idea that taking, um, and a, something that is essential for your body anyway, is going to help you actually reduce the amount of body fat. So, um, that's always helpful to hear and, uh, make you want to jump on a plan right away. So anyway, um, so hopefully that helps you guys understand a little bit about the cholesterol kind of conundrum out there and, just how confusing it can be. And you've got all these people saying all these different things and, um, being, you know, being very nervous and scared about cholesterol. So a couple of doctors that I would tell you, uh, actually there's a few, um, I've had a couple of them on my show and I would consider them personal friends. Um, uh, Dr. Barry, of course, um, I've had him on a couple of times, Ken Barry, um, definitely a, uh, not afraid of cholesterol or fat, um, seeing as he is keto, <laughs> um, to start with, uh, Dr. Sinatra is, um, a great cardiologist. He has been, um, a cardiologist for about 40 years and has, a has a really great website. You can go on and get lots of good information. And then obviously is definitely not, um, afraid of cholesterol and talking about cholesterol and fat and all of those, um, great things. He's been on, uh, many shows like Dr. Oz and you know, all that, the doctors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, if you've been on Dr. Oz, you've made it. Um, anyway, he is the author of the great cholesterol myth and he's got all kinds of other books out there. Um, I don't know what all he's had, but The Great Cholesterol Myth is a really great one. That's a very interesting book to read to learn more about cholesterol and why some of these things are just not right that you hear out there. It might be a good book to get and share with your doctor if you have a doctor that you really like and they're very you know, skeptical about the cholesterol numbers that you're showing them and you're trying to tell them that you're fine, that type of thing. Um, Dr. Jack Wolfson is another cardiologist. I believe he has been a cardiologist. Um, and both of these guys are integrative, um, cardiologists as well, which is really rare, um, to find. I think he's been a cardiologist as well for 20, 30 years. Dr. Jack Wolfson, 
Um, the doctors Wolfson, it's the D R S Wolfson.com is his website. His wife is a chiropractor and, um, great information on there as well. He has a bunch of YouTube videos and those types of things. Also, um, lots of really great information and his book. I cannot remember what it's called off the top of my head. Another really great book. Um, but I will link all these things in the show notes so you can get more information on that. Of course, I mentioned Dr. Uh, I, Jimmy Moore's book, um, Cholesterol Clarity. I mentioned that already. Um, so those are really all really great um, resources and books that you can read. And um, I hope that helps you guys out. I'll link all that in the show notes. And um, don't forget to check my website out and um, kind of keep an eye on that for the um, upcoming classes that I will be offering where we can just talk more in depth about keto, um, kind of getting you guys on the right track if maybe you feel like you're off track or you don't know where you're supposed to be going next or whatever. Um, Or if you are doing great on keto and you're like, I just want to level up. I just want to do better and um, make it even more beneficial. Um, the word will have definitely have some things that will be very beneficial to you, or perhaps you just want to learn more about nutrition in general, and you don't really care if it's about keto or not. You just want to get healthier and have a, a healthier, uh, longer life and a great lifestyle. Then that would be great. These will be wonderful classes for all of those things. So make sure to keep watching on the website for me to get those out there for you. And if you have any other questions that you guys want to ask or uh, subjects you want copy or covered, please feel free to send me an email. You can do so at jessica at jessicatai.com. Be happy to cover any listener questions that you guys have. I love being able to do that. It definitely gives me things to talk about for you. And I've got some great interviews coming up as well for some new guests on here that I think you guys will enjoy. So um, stay tuned and I'll be talking to you guys soon and maybe I'll be seeing you on the low carb cruise here coming up at the end of the month. I would love to see that. I'm gonna be very excited. I'm sitting on a couple, a few different panels this year. Um, I'll be on the uh, Keto Families panel, uh, Keto keto Homesteaders panel and um, I think Keto uh, Nutritional Professionals or something, um, maybe a, nutritionist panel. So, uh, should be very interesting and it's just such a fun time. It's such a great week, uh, to be with a bunch of like-minded people and just learn from all the top experts. I know I learned so much last year and met some really great people. So can't wait to do it again this year. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 